The pandemic has accelerated digital transformation and changed customer experience forever. But how will this change impact customer satisfaction moving forward? And also, some employees feel there's an underlying fear that they might be replaced by technology. So on today's show, I decided to sit down with Divya Visitini, co-founder and partner at Navstella a non-traditional consulting company that stands at the intersection of customer experience and technology. In part one, we delve deep into the importance of understanding the leadership styles and cultural factors that influence an organization. For the first time, we have four generations of people working. Does it mean that we now we suddenly just switch and go, oh, Gen Zers are the the way of the world, let's just cater only to them? Or should we focus on the older millennials, younger Xers who are now making mid-managers? Or do we go to the boomers who still hold the pocketbooks mm-hmm. and are still responsible for where, how and when the monies are dispersed? And also, we got a chance to talk about the importance of helping customers and employees embrace change through empathy and education. What do with our customers is help them understand what that balance is like. Mm-hmm. So technology has to be introduced in a meaningful way. But at the same time, it's not like, here, client, Ray, take this. I just made your life so much easier. It's all on a mobile phone now. Change cannot just be done to you. Change has to happen with you. This is B2B Growth Hacks, a podcast powered by Speakerbox Media. Divya, can you share with me how Navstella is helping transform organizations through customer experience? If we walk into a company and tell them we are going to help you develop the best customer experience program in the world, they stare at us and go, no, we just want to make more money or Mm -hmm. we want to save more money. Mm -hmm. What you're saying doesn't always compute. So we have to help them understand what experience means, right? Mm -hmm. We have to help them understand that money will follow if you have the right strategy in place. Money will follow if you have the right tactics to affect those strategies. Mm While money is the goal, it can't be the path to success. Yes. Right? Yes. So unless you have a clear path to success in saying, this is how we plan on doing it. This is how we project our brand. This is how we will tell our stories. This is how we will connect with our customers. This is how we'll enable and empower our employees. Mm -hmm. This is what our company stands for. Unless you have clarity on that, Mm -hmm. then yes, you may make your numbers this year. You may possibly make your numbers next year, but Mm -hmm. chances are year three, year four, it's going to start becoming a struggle. Oh, yes. You see a lot of companies going through these things where they go, oh, we've got to acquire another business to make our numbers, or we've got to divest part of our business so we make our numbers look good, mm-hmm. or we're going to have to let go of a, a, a part of our employee base so that we can make our numbers. While shareholder value is important and vital, especially for publicly traded companies or even private companies, you are in the business of making money. So absolutely, that needs to be where your optics are. Mm-hmm. But while you have your optics clearly on that, you can't lose sight of that path or that journey you're going to take. Right. And that's how Navstella approaches this. We help companies understand that you are not in the business of manufacturing something. You are not in the business of providing a service of some kind. You are not in the business of producing something. Mm-hmm. You are in the business of experiences. Mm-hmm. So how we help them understand that is by four steps. Step one mm-hmm. starts with leadership. Mm-hmm. A good leader with a sound vision can can do more than a workforce of 100 people because Mm -hmm. you could have 100 people, but if the person on top isn't aligned to that vision, Mm -hmm. you're not going to get buy-in. 
You're not going to get funding. Mm. You're not going to get the, the somebody having your back when things go south, right? Mm -hmm. So it starts with clarity, with vision. So one of the first things we do when we sit down with our clients is let us help understand your leadership style and your culture. Wow. So we start with stakeholder interviews that involve leadership. Let's let really get to know what makes you you. Who's your founder? Who, what, was, what were the essential things that you were founded on? A lot of times they'll go with, oh, we realized that that they were uh, there was this opportunity to make a widget like this. Mm -hmm. So we just jumped on and we've been making these widgets ever since. Great. How come you still are successful after 30 years? Oh, our customers love us. We will do anything for them. We'll they call us. We pick up the phone and we will make sure that they are made happy and we go stop. Mm -hmm. So you see, mm -hmm. you're not in the business of selling widgets. Mm -hmm. You are in the business of experiences. Mm -hmm. And our job then becomes so much easier to help companies understand that. So step one is organizational leadership and culture, understanding that. Right. Then we take it into the next step, which is employee experience. How are your employees structured today? How mm. are they treated? How are your teams built? Is each team given its own uh, metric to say, sales team, you've got to achieve this to make your numbers. Mm. Marketing team, you've got to achieve that to make your numbers. Is it all based on people competing with each other? Is it... Is it a right. competitive collaboration yes. or is there a common vision and purpose for every team member, regardless if they are in the back office or if they are the, the front office receptionist sitting at mm -hmm. the table or the CEO of the company? Mm -hmm. Are you all aligned to understanding one thing, which is you will not make your numbers if you don't keep your customers happy? Yes. The fundamental is right. that, right? Yes. Yes. So yes. the next step then is to understand the employee experience. So how are your employees treated? How are teams built? How are they compensated? Do they understand what your, your company's goal is, their purpose is, its vision is, its mm -hmm. mission is? Do they have a way to take that, distill it into their jobs and go, I, when I sit at the receptionist's desk and mm -hmm. greet somebody with happiness and a client comes in, mm -hmm. I have done something to keep my customers happy. It's not the company's customers, they're my customers too. Mm -hmm. When the CEO treats a customer the same way, that, that's the same message that goes through. So um, understanding employee experience is very important. Teams, collaboration, communication, culture, right? Second. Yes. Third is, and this is the heart of what we do, which is know thy customer. Mm. In the B2B world, I can't tell you how many times we walk in and people go, we've had 100 customers in the last <laughs> 10 years. We've managed to retain 80 of them, 20 churn in, churn out. We're good. Okay. What's going to take one of those 80 people to switch yeah. Oh, they are not going to switch for, uh, at all. Why is that? Well, you see Bob here. Bob has been managing our, our biggest client here for the last 10 years. Wow. They absolutely love Bob's service. He, is, he knows the ins and outs of everything they need. He knows exactly when to send the orders, when, how to process those orders, if there's ever a defect or a pushback, how to handle that. So then you have to ask this question, how old is Bob now? Oh, he's 62. Okay, so Bob is going to retire at some point, yes? Yeah. Yes. What's going to happen to your number one client at that point? Are you going to hand the baton over to Bob Jr. here, who's mm. under training? Or are you going to start thinking in a more holistic way, which is, can technology and digital technology enable how you service this client? Do they have to call Bob every time? Could there be a way to do it through a system-generated mm. thing? Could they be able to, not to remove the human element, right? No. But there is ways to make that experience so much easier because the biggest thing you can do for a customer mm -hmm. is to make sure the customer feels that they are in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. The moment they feel that they have to call, oh my gosh, I have to call this company now because I had they, they misplaced my order. Yes. And Bob here could do his best to make sure that I feel good about it and that 
I'm so sorry, Divya, we messed up, but we will make it up to you. And when I hang up, I feel good because Bob's done his job. Mm -hmm. But should Bob have to be managing me? Or could Bob be thinking about going after another company that looks like mine? Right. What's the best use of Bob's time? Babysitting me? Mm -hmm. Or if Bob is that good at customer experience and customer service, shouldn't Bob be given the opportunity to go service five such companies? Why should he be babysitting me alone? So understanding the customer is the next big thing. From building profiles to running surveys and and focus groups to doing all sorts of first-party research to developing customer journey maps, understanding Mm -hmm. exactly how and when and where to serve each customer along that journey, understanding channels, what's the best channel by which to serve a client, understanding media, Mm. if you're going after a new customer, and if, if it's B2B, for example, ignoring LinkedIn would be a silly thing to do. It's such an important thing. But at the same time, for a lot of B2B customers, what they don't realize is there's an overlap, not with Instagram, not with Facebook, Mm. but the overlap lies with Twitter and with YouTube. Yes. So how do you target people that live in these three universes, but consume content in a different way in all these universes, right? Mm. So, but it's the same Ray, Ray, but Ray consuming a YouTube video is different from Ray reading up on an article on LinkedIn or tweeting. Yes. But it's the same rate. Right. But if I right. catch you on right. Twitter, my message to you has to be has to match your frame of mind. Mm. If I intercept you on YouTube and say, hey, Ray, check us out. We've got a new product. It can't be the same Ray that I'm talking to on LinkedIn. I have to understand that you are the same person, but you have different sides to you, dimensions to you. Right. Mm-hmm. A good customer experience, understanding that is such an important thing. Such yes. an important thing. Right. Yes. Also, simple things like. If you prefer text messages and I keep sending you emails and then I get annoyed with you, Ray, I sent you an email and you go, Divya, how many times have I told you I'm not good with email, I prefer text messages. But sorry, I'm not set up for text messages, so the only thing I can do is send you emails. But look, I've sent you four emails. I'm doing my job, Ray. Come on, you should now answer me. Why should it be your responsibility to have Mm -hmm. to respond to me in the channel I have chosen for you Mm -hmm. as opposed to you, the customer, telling me, I don't check my emails as often. Please, if you want to get in touch with me, text me. Mm -hmm. That is customer centricity. Not just choosing a technology or a platform or a way to communicate and say, we're going to just double up and go all in. Mm -hmm. But truly understanding, is that the best way and is that the only way? Mm -hmm. Should we meet a customer where they want to be met or should we force them to meet us where we tell them they should meet us? Mm -hmm. And that's that's the world of experiences. And what's shifting is, our B2C world, which has given us so much choice, mm-hmm. and the pandemic has opened up mm-hmm. choice. We are spoiled for choice right mm-hmm. now. Pick up that phone, and it's, it is the most powerful computing device with the most powerful ways to connect than ever before. Yes. Right? Yes. You could probably launch satellites from your phone. That's how powerful this device has become. Mm-hmm. I know I don't use it for something that complicated. I do my groceries through it. <laughs> I do all my home products through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen to my music, my mm-hmm. podcasts, my audiobooks, yes. everything. My photos are stored here. My videos are stored here. It is yes. my one device. It is. It is my lifeline. Your lifeline. It is my <laughs> it lifeline. Really is in there. And when the kids are not around, it's my mommy phone. So it's my little lighthouse yeah. beacon thing, right? So yes. It, imagine if I tell a B2B client, oh, we don't have a mobile app. No, oh, It's wow. so expensive. Or yeah. no, we don't do anything in mobile. No, no, really right. not. Right. Um, right. But check us out. If you were to get on our website, then you've got to log in. But no, it's not mobile friendly. So get on our desktop. But you can order all your parts from there. Yeah. The United States is right now at 49% mobile penetration. In the world, we've jumped over the 50% mark. We're at 52 Mm -hmm. or 53%. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's only a matter of time where mobile is going to take over. This month, three weeks, three days ago or four days ago, Google has announced that it's finally firming up on its mobile-first strategy. Websites that are not optimized to mobile, companies that don't understand how to cash in on this, are going to see their website rankings fall. Wow. It is that. That's huge. Right. Yeah. So the, the ideas behind whatever we learn in our B2C world is coming into our B2B world. Why oh, would yes. I want to not use my phone to conduct business if I can do everything else under the sun? Right? right? Why do I at that point have to jump onto a desktop to conduct business or worse, pick up the phone to make a, mm-hmm. make a place an order, right? Yes. I, uh, why should I have to look at a catalog to decide what product I'm t- going to buy? Mm-hmm. Why can't I, you have companies that will go, oh, you can order anything off of our website. Oh, great. What if I want to customize? Oh, then you're going to have to call us because we are not mm-hmm. ready to for that. Right. So then I'm going to have to call Ray. You know that bit, I don't want that in black. I'd like that in yellow. I don't, that's about seven inches long. No, now can you make that four inches? By the time you finish it up and you send it to me, it's probably going to look like a Frankenstein something, right? And that's not what it is. So understanding that B2B today functions Mm -hmm. and the people are people are people. Yes. And that businesses are not about selling widgets. They're not selling products. They're a bunch of people selling to a bunch of people. So it has to be a business of experiences. It's Mm -hmm. a business of people. Mm -hmm. So this whole idea of business to business and business to a consumer is kind of silly today. It should be peer to people. It's yeah, peer to peer to peer, people to people, human to human. Right. Whatever it is, it's the same on both sides. Yes. And that's the fundamental understanding. So knowing your putting driving it with empathy, understanding, okay, this person is going is an engineer who's out in the field, doesn't have access to a desktop, right? A computer is mm-hmm. probably using either his his tablet mm-hmm. or her mobile phone, and she's out there in the field, needs to place this order. What am I going to do to make her life so seamless and so easy that she can do it with three touch, three mm-hmm. button clicks of a button? But where do you find the balance of okay, so you know. If you have a customer who prefers using a regular telephone, you're also trying to get them to adapt to new technology. Does the customer always take precedence or is there some type of balance to where you kind of meet them halfway? How, how do you approach it, especially in a technology driven world with with customers just who just are stubborn. Let's just say it like that. How 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 do you navigate that and how do you how do you help your customers navigate Such that? Such a good question, Ray, because change is hard, right? Mm-hmm. We all embrace change until change is upon us. Mm-hmm. Then we go, nah, it's okay. <laughs> yes. How I've done things is fine, right? Yes. And that is the <clears throat> fundamental dichotomy is that you want your customers to also not waste their time doing business with you. Mm-hmm. You want to free up their time so that they can focus on what they need to be doing. Mm-hmm. But if they're used to doing something for the last mm-hmm. 30, 40 years, getting them to now suddenly switch over is a challenge. Agreed. But keep in mind a few things. One, we are experiencing what Chad very uh, nicely calls the great crew change. Yes. For the first time, we have four generations of people working mm-hmm. from boomers to excess, to millennials, to now the Gen Zers. Mm-hmm. They have entered the workforce. You have four generations working. Yes. Does it mean that we now we suddenly just switch and go, oh, Gen Zers are the, the way of the world. Let's just cater only to them. Mm-hmm. Or should we focus on the, the, uh, the older millennials, younger Xers who are now making mid-managers? Mm-hmm. Or do we go to the boomers who still hold the pocketbooks mm-hmm. and are still responsible for where, how and when the monies are dispersed? How do you manage that, yes. right? Yes, yes. So ultimately, what we have to do with our customers is help them understand what that balance is like. Mm -hmm. So technology has to be introduced in a meaningful way. 
But at the same time, it's not like, here, client, Ray, take yes. this. I just made your life so much easier. It's all on a mobile phone now. Mm. What if I don't spend time with you and say, Ray, I'm going to come out to your office next week. What's a good time for you? We're trying to switch into this mobile thing. We'd love for you to give it a try. Mm -hmm. Okay? If, mm -hmm. if it doesn't work out for you, we will do things the way you want to. Okay. But let us come out there and train you on what needs to be done. We have also have these how-to videos, how to order a part, how to uh, modify an order, mm -hmm. how to reject an order, how mm -hmm. to cancel an order. So you've got these mm -hmm. bunch of how-to videos, right? Mm -hmm. But on top of that, I'm you, Ray, are an important client to me, so I'm going to come out there and spend two hours and walk you through this app. Okay. So there has to be that. There has to change cannot just be done to you. Change has to happen with you. Mm. Yeah. Now, equally important, while this app is being built, mm -hmm. one of the things we help with our clients is we're not going to build this in vacuum. Mm -hmm. Tell us who your customers are. Mm -hmm. Your customers, customers are our customers too. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, if they don't adapt into this technology, we failed our, our client partner, right? Yes. So it starts with the requirements. Ray, we are planning on building this mobile app, which we believe will save you 20% of your everyday time. Mm -hmm. will make parts ordering so much easier and seamless. You can even track where your pr product is in shipment, when to expect it. You can even do expedited orders. You can mm -hmm. do automate, automatic orders, renewals, whatever. Mm -hmm. But we can't do this without you. So we're going to send, Navstella is going to come out there and spend some time with you trying to understand how you do your business. Mm -hmm. How can we replicate this on the mobile app so that it becomes easy for you? Right. So now you, customer, have been part of this journey from the beginning. Wow. So you see your change is not happening to you. Change is happening with you. Right. And that's the fundamental way we are helping our clients understand how to communicate to their customers and how to bring them along as part of this journey. Right. We have customers, customers who come in, they go, okay, you know, we just hired up this new batch of uh, kids from college. Mm -hmm. We have a batch of 20. Mm -hmm. They're coming into your office, train them on how to use the app. Okay, mm -hmm. send them along. Because this new generation needs to also continue to do business with this company. Because the moment Bob retires, yeah. you don't want another junior Bob here who goes, I don't want to do business with these people. It's so nice that Bob worked with them for 30 years, but they're the worst. There's nothing that is automated. I have to be on the phone all day. I've got other, busy, other things to do than oh, just yes. being on the phone. So I'm so glad they may not be the cheapest, but I'm going to this other company. Mm -hmm. Because they can help me solve my business problems faster. And most importantly... They allow me to solve my problems. They yes. empower me. So change has to happen with change cannot happen to. Mm -hmm. And I guess that relates also to you just said four generations in a workplace right now. And you have the younger generation versus the older generation. That's how it feels sometimes, at least. And, you know, the technologies are becoming a part of our lives. I remember you you didn't need a cell phone to work. I mean, but now you kind of need a smartphone. So, and and I think the the big key here and the big word that I heard you say was empathy. Um being empathetic uh to to not only just your clients but also your employees. So, you just kind of gave me the balance of, you know, working with your client, but how does that look inside yeah. of a workplace yes, with thank your you. employees? And that's part of the employee experience, too, mm -hmm. which is to say, Ray, employee in department, let's say marketing, yeah? Mm -hmm. so, so up until now, we have only given you promotions or we've recognized you if you held a, your goal numbers, which is, Ray, we need you to get us 10,000 views on, on this YouTube video. Okay, so mm -hmm. you've got to run the campaign, make sure we get the 10,000 views. Oh, good job, we got 10,000 views. 
Is that the only way to measure raise value? And so all you think about is great. All I'm doing is I'm going to have to run this campaign done and done. <laughs> to you, those customers are not people. They're just numbers, right? So if I stop you and ask you, so what are you in the business of? And you are going to, you know what you're going to say? Oh, we make the best widgets mm. or we make the best mm -hmm. product in, in our competitive set. No one can make the product we do. Mm. Do you really make it? Mm. No. Who makes it? Or oh, the guys in the manufacturing floor. Then why do you claim that to be your product, <laughs> right. Right? right? What do you do? Mm. Well, I'm part of the marketing team. Part of the marketing team is we manage the website. We manage the mobile apps. We manage our ad campaign. And my job is to make sure that I can meaningfully and thoughtfully send our brand messages to our potential customers so that they are happy with what I've pre presented them. Mm -hmm. And so they feel compelled to want to at least pick up that phone and call us mm -hmm. or click on view demo. Mm -hmm. Or at the very least, I've planted the seed of if you're ever in the market to buy this one product, Mm. That is your role in customer experience. You are delighting your customers by your role. Mm -hmm. You're not simply selling a widget. Yes. So yes. again, just like this, when we set up CX programs, we have to work with team managers to understand how do you compensate your teams? How do you motivate your teams? Do they understand what your team, what your company's culture is? Mm -hmm. What is your, your personal style of leadership? Mm -hmm. We have this company we have partnered with called Predictive Index. They help with behavioral science um, analysis in a way that none of the others do, not Myers-Briggs or StrengthsFinders. None of them can do what this company does, which is they have 70 years of algorithms and data that helps mm -hmm. uh, parse through this, but helps you figure out the best compositions for teams, how mm -hmm. teams should be built around a common goal and a common purpose. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you may be the most talented person in the room, but you're the wrong fit for a particular team. So you mm -hmm. always feel like the odd man out. Mm -hmm. So when that happens, the only reason you're going to stick around is you get paid more than you should be paid, or you have flexibility as in I can come when I want, I want to go when I want. It has nothing to do with your job or your no, job function. No. So I can only retain you for that long before someone else comes and pays you some more and you're gone. Mm. And the sad thing is, you were probably the most talented person on my team, but okay. I just didn't know how to use you, right? So team structures, team dynamics are very, very important. Mm. So bringing that same level of empathy, look, we've always done business this way. We're shifting to this new way of thinking. It's, it's what we've always done. We've just not had a way to measure mm -hmm. it, articulate it, and manage mm -hmm. it. So make your employees part of the journey. Don't, again, don't have change be done to them, have change with them. Oh, yes, that, I love that. That same thing that goes there. Mm -hmm. And the fourth prong I forgot to mention that we do, that we provide services for, is digital marketing. Because at the end of the day, the greatest mm -hmm. plan, remember I told you, don't mm -hmm. just tell me what to do, show me what to do. Yes. So we will set up test campaigns for clients. We'll help them figure out the best way to manage their you know, profiles, to journeys, to targeting, to your mm -hmm. media. What is the best combination of owned media, earned media, shared media, owned, earned, shared, and paid media? The fourth, yes, yeah, yeah. paid media strategies that you need to put in place to maximize uh, your reach and maximize reaching your goals. So with B2B companies, digital marketing is, I think, important. I think it's great, but... Me personally, when I look, when I think B2B marketing or I see B2B marketing being done, it's, it's, it's very black and white. It's not as exciting as the B2C digital marketing. And I just kind of wanted you to speak to that too. How do you develop a brand's kind of voice, kind of their, their image? Can you to speak to that bit? a little oh, bit? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's a good question. When we talk marketing, a lot of times 
people get marketing and advertising mixed up. Mm-hmm. Advertising is a small part of marketing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Advertising is when you have messages going at somebody. Yes. So you can have a display ad, you could have a television ad, you could have a ad that runs in the middle of a podcast, mm-hmm. right? You could have a billboard ad. You're simply speak, speaking at somebody to say, mm-hmm. hey, in case you're ever wondering, here we are. <laughs> if you go with, we're the cheapest in town, we're the fastest in town, we're the best in town. Somebody said we were so great, we're going to win an award for this. Mm-hmm. Whatever the things be, you're speaking at them. Mm-hmm. That was really the only way we could get your messages out there. Mm. That and public relations. So PR has been such a big part of our drumming up. PR is managing press relations, managing publications, managing how you put your voice out to market. Mm-hmm. That used to be the only two ways you could get your message to market. Yeah. Today, in a world of social media, which has completely changed, and when I say social media, I don't just mean Instagram or I don't just mean LinkedIn. Almost every form of consumption, there is a form of socialization. Mm-hmm. Netflix. Mm-hmm. You get on Netflix, you watch a movie, do you or don't you rate it? Because the moment you rate it, not only does that, the, the algorithm there go, oh, Divya likes this movie, let me suggest three other movies like it. Mm-hmm. But I also in turn helped you decide, because mm-hmm. I've added to my rating, whether or not this movie is worth a five star or a four star yes. or a three star. Yes. It's a form of socialization, is mm-hmm. it not? Yes, it is. The moment I go to Amazon and I like this pen that I just bought and I put a review down there and give it a f- four, five star, Sure, I'm helping that company that made this pen, but I'm also helping socialize the idea that this is a good pen to buy. So if you're looking for a good pen, Ray, consider this pen. I liked it and this is how I used it. So we're constantly socializing. So when we think about marketing, Mm -hmm. the fundamental difference between advertising and marketing today is advertising still is to a great extent speaking at. Marketing is having a dialogue. It's a two-way conversation. Mm. How do you make B2B marketing compelling, interesting? Mm -hmm. It's multiple ways. Mm -hmm. One, blogs are a popular way to get people to your website. Great. Mm. But is your blog articles, are they on everything about the manufacture of this pen? We use blue because we like blue. And let us tell you about how this pen was manufactured. Yes. Oh, tears. No. About the product. Yes. Yes, All (laughs) about that. Instead, what if you focused on we know you have a problem and, and this is a problem prevalent in the marketplace because one of the biggest challenges that you will mm-hmm. have in the B2B marketplace is buying a pen, a $5 investment, mm-hmm. buying a piece of equipment, a $100,000 investment, mm-hmm. buying a pen, I can decide. Buying $100,000, I need four people to sign and three people from procurement to finally agree to this purchase, mm-hmm. right? Yes. It's a complicated dance. Mm-hmm. So if I had one blog article and I go, yep, I've done it. Yep. Now they're going to buy my product. Yes. I'm sorely mistaken. Yeah, right. So how to make B2B more delightful? Mm-hmm. It's the art of personalization. Okay. Right? Okay. So if we've built these profiles, we know who we're going after. We've built those profiles and distilled them into personas to say mm-hmm. they may be mid-level engineer is one profile, mm-hmm. but there's four styles of mid-level engineers. One who's new to his job, one who's been in his job for five years, one who works for a small size company, one who works out mm-hmm. in the field. So you could have, how do we make the same content be relevant to these four people, right? Mm-hmm. Now, while we're talking to the, these four people, let's also understand who they need to be talking to in return. Okay. Do they need to then go up to their boss and go, I just read about this particular product. I think this can solve our problem. You think the boss is going to bother to read a 5,000 page, a 5,000 word thing about mm-hmm. the product qualities? Mm-hmm. He or she's going to say, okay, How's this going to impact my bottom line? No. How much does it cost? It's about 100000 Okay. 
What's, what am I going to get in return for me to put $100,000 into this or a million dollars into this or a billion dollars into mm-hmm. it? What is my return on investment? Then there's someone else junior on my team. I go and tell them, hey, Divya, check this out. We, we might be getting this product. And I go, oh, my God, how complicated is this going to be? Because I'm going to be the one to have to in- integrate this into everything else that's going. Mm-hmm. I-, I need some input here, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they have a how-to manual or a guide so I understand how complex this is? No, not really, but this product's the best. They tell us the product's the best. There goes your B2B sale right out the window because why? You've not bothered to have that content be relevant based on who you're talking to. So personalized, customized, relevant content is important. But equally importantly, don't, don't lose sight of the fact that at the end of the day, people are doing business with people. Mm-hmm. So a brand with personality, a brand that can be happy and proud of who they are, talk about their culture, say, we are all about diversity, we are about inclusion, we are about giving back to the environment, we are about making schools be better for children, we are about saving the water of the whatever your cost be, right? Mm-hmm. Say that, share that. Mm-hmm. Don't just talk about how great your product is. Don't just talk about how great your services are. Share, give your brand a personality. Yes. You're a bunch of people. How can a thousand people not have a personality? Is that even possible? Oh, no. Right. So who are you? If I get to work with you, are you going to be dorky? Are you going to be fun? Are Mm. you silly or serious? What is your person? Let me get to know it. If B2C brands have done that for us, so can B2B brands, right? Mm -hmm. And one company that has kind of helped us do that to some extent is like Apple. When you see Apple, there's so many Apple stories you've read. And yes, one can argue Apple is more of a business to consumer brand. But, the, but there's a certain brand aura about how Apple's always held mm-hmm. itself. There's a personality to that brand. Yes. So one of the things we help our clients with when we actually walk in is to do a brand archetype study. Okay. A brand archetype study will literally help you understand what is my brand personality. Mm-hmm. There are 12 different personalities, and that helps you understand how should I reflect my voice to the world, right? Mm-hmm. So coming back to marketing, so you have a way to voice something to the world. Understand that whatever you come up with cannot be, I've just thrown it on YouTube, now get me a thousand clicks. Yes. That's not yes, how it works. Yes. Who is this targeting? What am I trying to do? What am I trying to get them to do? Mm. The richness of content is important too. So you've got to think about not just a bunch of diagrams and a lot of charts and graphs yes. and copy. Can we make an infographic with this? Something that somebody can stick on their wall to say, hint, hint, boss, Check this out, right? right? right. Or it could just be something that's super cool. It's something that the industry would like. So sure, why not? Stats and trends, right? Mm -hmm. Something like that. Mm -hmm. Why not produce videos? There's ways to produce videos that don't have to be cost prohibitive, but a video is a gift that keeps on giving, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it's the usual thing of, you know, shoot once, cut multiple times. If instead of doing just the one shoot for one purpose, shoot broadly, shoot widely, have enough B-roll footage so you can mix and match and have three, four different versions of that same content. Mm -hmm. That's another way. In the B2C world, nine times out of 10, a customer wants to be entertained. Yes. In a B2B world, nine times out of 10, a customer wants to be educated. So do everything to educate them. Don't speak down to them. Don't speak up to them. Don't go to a CEO and tell them, let me tell you about these product specs. Mm -hmm. Don't go to an engineer and say, let me explain ROI to you. Mm. You just crossed your paths there. You missed your opportunity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you walk into these booths where um, at trade shows and things and and you say, tell me about your company and they'll have this one sheet they produce. Oh, right. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you are a 10 year experienced person or a 25 year experienced person. If you're an engineer, it doesn't matter. It's that one sheet. Somehow your entire company's story is all distilled to one sheet and it should make sense to you. And you're going to 
you're going to make do business with us. Mm. How does that make sense? Oh. Instead, right. why not put everything into thumb drives, right? And say, hey, let, let me find out. Uh, Ray, wh what do you do? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm in sales. Oh, okay. Uh, what kind of sales are you in? Let me find out a little bit more about from you and say, okay, you know what? I should give him version three. Mm -hmm. This is the version that will talk to him the most. Mm -hmm. So make those little things can make all the difference in the world. Mm -hmm. And then you go, Ray, are you going to be sharing this with anyone? Oh, yeah, my boss. What does your boss do? Oh, my boss does. Okay, here. Version one, this is for your boss. Share this with your boss, and this one is for you. Why the difference? Because right. what we have here will help you make the case, and that'll convince your boss why you're right. Mm -hmm. Now you're storytelling, right? Mm -hmm. You're storytelling about the value. You're storytelling about what difference that product will make in their lives. Mm -hmm. That's how B2B marketing has to be. It has, there has to be a plan around how you do it. So your website, is it just a place to talk about your products? Right. Or is it a way to engage? Companies are jumping into podcasts. Companies mm -hmm. are jumping into webinars. Pa the mm -hmm. pandemic has moved that along. Mm -hmm. But again, what are your podcasts about? Mm -hmm. About product A, product B, product C? Mm -hmm. Or let me get my sales guy to talk today. Next week will be my marketing guy. Mm -hmm. Why don't you bring one or two of your customers along? Why don't mm -hmm. have a dialogue with them? Mm -hmm. Hey, what are your biggest challenges? What has the, what has the pandemic done to your business? What are you nervous about? Mm -hmm. Right? What, why do you do business with us? What do you like about doing business with us? What, what, what do you wish we changed? Mm -hmm. And let it be out there. The company goes, well, we love doing business with you, but we wish you were a little bit more automated or we wish you were a little bit more digital. Sure, it is shaming. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's giving you an opportunity to say we are an honest business. We mm -hmm. have nothing to hide. There's an authenticity about us rather than, hey, so I sold you this pen. Do you like this pen? What about the pen do you like? Tell us all the good things about this pen. Yes. If you have any problems, we'll talk about it later. But tell us all the good things about this pen. Mm -hmm. So having content that is educational, useful, timely, yes. and customized, that's the B2B marketing mix. Yeah. So is it is it and when it comes to creating this content, how do you know which content is good? I know Chad is going to dive a little bit deeper kind of into the into how you do that from a technical standpoint. But how do you start to just develop your content and, and say, or do you test or? Yes, can you absolutely. We do A-B testing and multivariate testing. How we start with any kind of a strategy is with what we call message matrix and message testing. Okay. So if we've developed four profiles and then we've distilled them into, let's say, 12 personas, mm -hmm. We kind of have a, from our preliminary research, a sense, a direction, right? Mm -hmm. That this individual is likely best to be intercepted between six and nine in the evening when they're watching YouTube. Mm -hmm. Versus this individual is likely best to be talked to during work hours on LinkedIn. So we just have okay. a sense for that. Okay. But then it's just a sense. It's directional. It's based on research. It's based on data from outside, you know, third party. But you have to test that. Mm -hmm. it's, you can't assume, right? Mm -hmm. So we run these discrete um, message tests. Mm -hmm. And so we first built out the messaging matrix, which is here's the channel. Okay. Here's the ad copy. Okay. Here's the call to action. Mm -hmm. Here are the four different images we could use as part of that. Mm -hmm. And then for very little money from a client, we'll actually blast little blips mm -hmm. and then see who bites. Okay. Okay? okay. And that gives us a sense of, Okay, we were right about this assumption. We were way wrong about this assumption. Mm -hmm. This is great, but it just needs to be tweaked a little. So now when we understand this person will react to this type of messaging, okay. this is a pain point, now we can develop a whole plan around it, right? Mm -hmm. This pain point is what this person is going to react to. 
This is the problem we're going to be solving for them. We're not selling them a widget. We are not selling them anything. Mm-hmm. We're solving a problem for yes. them. Let's yeah. understand what that problem is and how we can empower them to then bring that case back to their company or to their bosses and go, this is a bane of my existence. My team wants to jump off the building because this has been a problem. This particular product touts being able to solve all these problems. It's not exactly cheap, mm-hmm. but... Mm-hmm. According to them, my team can save 20% of their everyday time, mm-hmm. that we can have better data mm-hmm. to optimize what we're doing. Mm-hmm. They use artificial intelligence technology, so it's it's based on growing smarter with time. Yes. So I'm, I've been given all these talking points. So now when right. I come and make a case to you, Ray, my boss, look at all these reasons why we should consider this. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, I just saw a great product, we should buy it, please. Mm-hmm. Right? So, but I know what pain it's solving for me, so I can articulate that better now. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do. We do message matrix, we build message matrix, and then run tests. I love it. So do you feel like customer experience has progressively gotten better with onset of technology, or do you feel like it has gotten worse? What's, what's your take on that? I would say a little of both. Okay. I, I believe customer experience has become better because we have more data, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. if that data is applied the right way, mm-hmm. then we are able to talk to you when you want to be talked to, where you want to be talked to, in the way you want to be engaged, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But where I see sometimes it falling through the cracks is no amount of technology can replace the fact that we are people doing business with people. right? So I cannot simply say, oh, we have an app now, so... All of us in customer service can take the day off. That's not how it works. We are human beings. We will Mm -hmm. always encounter challenges Mm -hmm. and we will always want to be treated nicely, right? Mm -hmm. One fundamental shift that I'm seeing is because of the whole experience thing. And it's also, I think it's because there's so much dialogue happening. Even five years, even three years ago, if you were part of a telecom company, which we all are, right? Verizon, AT&T, Sprint, T-Mobile, name them all. There was a special price for for new customers. Mm And then a not so special price for returning customers. Mm. Explain how that makes sense. Mm. Why am I being punished for loyalty? Yes. So you're basically telling me if you come back, you don't get a good deal. Mm-hmm. So then you wonder why I'm shopping one year later, right? Mm. Because if I'm going to go to the next guy who's going to give me a good deal and then I'll shop somewhere else and I'll shop somewhere. So you have this, you know, this, well, let's just land and then we'll expand. We'll sell. We'll, but in the meantime... We'll try and upsell you on other products you don't need. Have you thought about a home phone? Have you thought of internet? Have you thought of this? We can give you, we can bundle and give you a discount. No, first fundamentally give me the price you gave me that first year you brought me in. Mm. Why does my friend Joe here get to pay $50 a month, but I have to now pay $65 a month because I'm past that 12 months. That's about experience management, right? Mm -hmm. That $15 a month to retain me, is nothing compared to have to go and spend another $200 trying to find another one of me. Yes. Right. 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 right, right. So do everything in your capacity to retain me. And that's important too, is that understanding. So while customer experience is important and data is important in informing it, yes. it can't, if anything, the data just gives us more to, to act. Right. It gives us more to drive with deeper empathy, mm-hmm. deeper understanding than ever before. We can't pretend like we don't know why our customers are behaving the way we do. We have right. no excuse not to. Mm-hmm. So now if we can use that as a central thing to say, we understand this is such a big challenge for you. Let's now help you solve for this with empathy, with a smile on your face, with a sense of if you win, I win. Mm-hmm. 
That's all it is. Mm. So yes, CX is has technology helped it, enabled it. I believe so, mm-hmm. but it cannot replace the human no, touch. No, and and that's that's great news, you know, because even I today um, went to Whole Foods and there was probably you know the self checkout registers. There's probably about eight open. And for some reason, I just went to the cashier. <laughs> I, and I don't know if it was because, like, just that I wanted a human interaction. It, it wasn't anything to do with, you know, I prefer technology. I prefer, I just wanted a human interaction. And I think companies that continue to create some type of community or some type of personality uh, will continue to thrive. But you also have to leverage technology because sometimes I don't want to deal with the person. <laughs> so you have these personas that, like you said, switch. So uh, moving along, I kind of wanted to ask you, what have you seen in your experience that a lot of people get wrong about CX? A lot of people get wrong about CX is one thing, one of the things that people misunderstand is they think customer service is customer experience. Mm. But we have a department. Okay. Customer experience is not a department's responsibility. Mm. It transcends a department. Mm. It is a company's purpose. It's what should drive the company. Mm -hmm. It's why the company is in business. Like I said, not in the business of manufacturing or producing. It's in the business of helping solve problems. Or it's in the business of helping enable an individual or a company. Sometimes we talk to customers and go, have you you thought about customer centricity? Have you thought about the the, the business of experience? Mm -hmm. Have you thought about what that means? And go, oh, we have the best. We have an award-winning customer service team. Mm -hmm. Great. Has the volume of calls coming into the customer center reduced over time? Oh, no, it's actually increased because, you know, we used to sell to 10 people. Now we sell to 20 people, so we get Mm. twice the number of calls. We've doubled up on our customer service team. Mm. Award-winning, by the way, and you go, that's great. (laughs) But when are you going to learn? So which means when you start selling to 30 people, are you going to add Mm -hmm. that much more? What is the end to that? Mm -hmm. uh, Why aren't you focusing on how do we reduce the number of calls to the call center? Mm -hmm. Why aren't you thinking about other ways where a customer can be able to solve their problems? You know, Mm -hmm. the self-service tools that we have available, how-to videos, how to fix this, how to do that. That's so important. Mm -hmm. Why does it have to be someone having to call and someone having to then help them through that solving for that problem, right? Mm -hmm. So yes, we have companies that mistake customer service for customer experience. Customer service is part of the customer experience, Mm -hmm. but it's not Mm -hmm. the same. Right, right. Second, we oftentimes, uh, we are asked this question, so who do you typically talk to in an organization? Nine times out of 10, we talk to the CMO or whoever's responsible for marketing. Okay. Because marketing is seen as an experience function. Again, while it's important, they're the the, the tip of the spear. Mm -hmm. Let's not forget, there's a whole spear behind that tip. Mm -hmm. And so every individual should be aligned to that customer centricity. Right. Mm-hmm. And their value in that customer centric centric model. Mm-hmm. So while it might start with marketing because they are the most um, they're most equipped to to reaching out and touching a customer. Mm-hmm. It can't end there. No. It can't simply be, oh, we've sent out five thank you messages. Oh, we remembered Ray's anniversary. We sent him an anniversary card. Oh, we remembered his birthday. We sent him. his. We're even better. We remembered Ray's wife, Sarah's birthday. We sent her a birthday card. Mm-hmm. So marketing's done their job. Then Ray picks up the phone and somebody in call center goes, oh, what can I do for you? What just happened here? Right? <laughs> yeah. So that's the other thing is we sometimes will have either customer service being mistaken for customer experience or marketing and marketing alone being responsible for CX. 
And that's something we're trying to work on is that's why we start with leadership and culture. What is your culture? Is it in departments, teams, or can mm-hmm. we all come together for something that's greater than what you do, right? So what does the future of CX look like? I'm excited to see where technology kind of takes us. What, what, what? For sure. You know, I think we are at that shift where CX in the next year or so will stop being called CX. Mm. It's no longer about customer experience. It's simply going to be the business of experiences, right? Mm. Everyone just, everything is going to be about experience. Yes. So it's no longer customer or employee or boss or subordinate. It's all about experiences. Mm. So I think the biggest shift you're going to see is two things. One, a fight for privacy where I won't share my data with you because I don't know what you're going to do with my mm-hmm. data. But at the same time, you should know enough about me to know that I don't like pink. Mm-hmm. And so yes. companies are going to be in a little bit of that pickle situation yeah. where they go, you won't tell me what you want, uh-huh. but I've got to know what you want. Mm-hmm. How do I manage that balance, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So one of the ways to do it is in owned media situations where they're coming to your world, tell them, hey, we need to get to know you better. We need to be able to serve you better. So we may be gathering some information about you. So we'll only use it to talk to you and not to share for anything else. So that's going to be the biggest shift is to see people getting more and more scared of sharing because it's everything we... most of our lives are out there plastered on the internet, right? All you have to do is a Google search and it comes up. So there is a fear about too much oversharing of personal data and personal information. Mm -hmm. And in the B2B world, we've never done that. Mm -hmm. So if if you ask me, what's your preferred mode of communication? You go, why are you asking me that, right? I've never Mm -hmm. been asked that. Mm -hmm. You're not Amazon. Why are you asking me that, right? What is the best number to reach you at? Is this Mm -hmm. your personal number or your office number? Why are you asking me that, right? Yes. It's it's no longer the case. It's just not the case anymore. So that shift is something we are going to see is this balance between privacy laws and people being shy about sharing data, right. but companies needing that data to make those experiences meaningful for people. So only time will tell where we land. Oh, that's, that's going to be so awesome. I feel like it's going to really improve. And instead of you know, sending out coffee cups and things like that, you're, you'll be able to send maybe something that they really like, you know, to some of your clients and things like that. So it's super exciting uh, to think about and, and see as it trans, you know, forms over time. Switching, switching gears here, I just wanted to, you have, you're a wealth of knowledge. So I, I kind of have to ask where you got it from. <laughs> um, I read, I read a lot. Yes. Mm-hmm. I also watch podcasts, okay. uh, YouTube okay. videos, okay. um, documentary freak so there's okay. a lot of that going on oh, too yeah. um but i do read some good publications like okay. medium is a great place to okay. go and find good published authors who are speaking about topics that are relevant today like chad uh, like chad yes <laughs> chad's a public published speaker in medium but what i like about medium is it's not just somebody sitting in an office writing on behalf of someone else mm-hmm. but it's typically a practitioner of that particular subject writing mm-hmm. about something that's happening to them real time mm-hmm. so when i read those articles while not everything may not be relevant to me there's still a lot that is applicable and i, I can kind of relate to their situations mm-hmm. or those challenges or the problems or how mm-hmm. they solve for it right mm-hmm. so absolutely i love it there are some really good books out there mm-hmm. um worth reading mm-hmm. I actually made a note so I wouldn't forget some that I uh, that I would mention. Okay. Malcolm Gladwell is um, one of my favorite uh, author, uh, authors. I love his podcast too. It just he's yeah all around an amazing thinker. I love how he takes 
geopolitics and society and history and, and anthropology and always creates context around how we interact as human beings in today's day and age. So mm-hmm. one book of his, Talking to Strangers, is yeah, a phenomenal yeah, right, book, right? right? I mean, there's so many books, but Talking to Strangers is one of my favorites. If you're like thinking about what it means to be in the business of experiences, that's a good book to read. Mm-hmm. The Power of Moments is another good book. It's by Chip Heath and Dan Heath because it's all about moments, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I thank you so much for, again, coming out here and being a part of Growth Hacks and just sharing all of your knowledge. On part on part two, we're going to be speaking with Chad. Chad's yes. going to really dive deep into some of the technical aspects of it like right. he does so well. Yes. But again, Divya, thank you so much for thank coming you, out here. Yes. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much. Thank okay. you for having me. This right. has been a pleasure. All right. Thank you. You've been listening to the latest episode of B2B Growth Hacks, a podcast by B2B professionals for B2B professionals. We'll be back next week with another exciting episode on B2B Growth Hacks. So make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and give us a rating while you're there. Thanks, and I'll see you soon.